Welcome to Mastering Life's Adventures, an educational podcast about tapping into your true self, the soul, your soul, the substance of your life, to discover what life's ups and downs are really about, and how to have a greater sense of purpose, peace, joy, and fulfillment. I am Dr. Judith Holder, your host, coach psychologist, fellow seeker who enjoys diving into the connections between spirituality, psychology, wellness, and your everyday life's adventures. All preparing and polishing you like the fastest of magnificent diamond to be your best self. If you're craving more from your life, you are in the right place. Come, let's journey together and transforming what you know into who you really are. Mastering Life's Adventures begins now. Hi, I'm back. I wanted to talk more about Weary Warrior because it's an area that I think a multitude of people have in terms of worry. And we have to be able to look at ways to gain mastery around this type of worry that continuously go on in our mind. It's incessant. And I'm included in that. There's some things I worry about, but I've been working on it. And when we work on it, it gets better and better. And so when we're more intentional about the things that we're worrying about, we start looking at it as it really being true or not being true, which I'll talk about in a minute. I was thinking about worry as like the march of the ants. <laughs> and we have a lot of ants that march around uh, and can build a mound also, I was thinking about the buzzing around like a hornet's nest or bees. Yeah, like a bee's um, hive that can take place. And actually, the bees reminds me of my father. We lived in this rural area. He decided to have two beehives. And those beehives were in order to have honey, of course, which was great to be able to have. But when you're thinking about managing worry, it's like beehives. But in the buzzing of the bees and also came the stinging of the bees and the swarming that took place when the bees did not have their queen. So that we, I experienced all of that. I experienced uh, the buzzing of the bees around my head when I was walking outside and I experienced the stinging of bees and my hand swelling and my leg swelling up because of a bee sting how it just swells up very quickly, and also the swarming that happens. All these things are kind of analogous uh, what can happen with worry. Worry may first begin starting off very small with a thought about something, and then it can quickly mount into something bigger and having more thoughts about the same situation or what things are going on or what's happening. And before we know it, it's swarming around in our head, and some of it, we can feel like we're getting stung by this particular worry because it's creating points of irritation or more madness or sadness or annoyance or feeling unjustly treated. And so we begin to worry, and that worry, if it continues to go on continuously, it can move us into feeling anxious or angst and feeling overwhelmed by the things that we are worrying about. So I wanted to talk more about this because worry can take up a lot of space and it can be very subtle or it can be very overt in how it's taking up that space. But one thing we know for sure that with worry, there usually is some form of distortion in our reality of what's going on 
and what's true and what isn't true. Because we tend, when we're worrying, is to blow things out of proportion in what we see um, or what has taken place. We think about it in a more exaggerated way in many, in many times. And for example, at work, uh, you may think that a coworker or even more so a boss you know, has walked by you three times in, you know, in the past couple of days, not acknowledging you, not seeing you, but whereas before they would at least nod their head or say something to you, but it continues to worry you that is there something you did wrong or is there something that wasn't right or could you have done or spoken better in that meeting? So there's all this swarming of thoughts that's coming up because you're feeling that maybe something is, a shoe's going to drop because they're not talking to you because there's something up, there's something going on. Or someone told them something about you. You don't know what, but this is how our mind starts to blow things out of proportion. And so we quickly start to get into that catastrophic thinking, or we get into feeling as if people are not liking us or not respecting who we are because they're not paying usually the common courtesy of saying hi or acknowledging you by their head nod. But it may or may not be true in terms of what you're thinking. But there's that swarm, that beehive that's going on in your head about all the possibilities and what may be going on and what you may need to do differently and how you may need it to do better. And so you try to think it when you're trying to sleep that I need to do something different or I need to do some, I need to improve in some way. But you have limited information. All this swarming is going on in your head. And again, it may or may not be true. And then you may be a parent in which you're trying to raise conscious and intentional and value-driven children. And so in that process, you give them chores to do. You ask them to make sure they get their homework done. You ask them to make sure they're being respectful to the people that they're interacting with. And you're finding that they are, on the other hand, are complaining a lot of what you're trying to do and trying to raise them in some values and also in taking responsibility and accountability for some, by doing some of the chores around the house that you have assigned to them. But what you notice that they are continually not doing it, what you're asking them to do, and they're more resistant, it seems like. And this is building frustration for you and for them. And then in that process of asking them also to do maybe more things because they're not doing the things that you're asking them to do, such as laundry or taking out the garbage or dusting, uh, they tell you how terrible you are a parent. They start kind of yelling at you and arguing with you and, and you're getting into this sense of, of them being so disrespectful to you that you're wondering if you're doing the right thing, whether you should be more lenient on them. And maybe you should not, not have to, they don't have to do chores and they don't have to do um, the things that will allow them to develop that sense of responsibility and accountability. And so you start kind of, you know, wringing your hands back and forth, which is kind of a form of worry too. What should you do? And you worry about it. What should you do? Because you still want your children to be respectful, responsible, accountable, 
And so these, it can be at a parental level that the worrying is going on. It could be at the work level, things are going on. And it can be at your personal sense of self and your aim of yourself that you're worrying that's going on. So worry can come in many different forms and go in many different directions, but it is occupying space within us. And it is creating this sense of usually underneath worry, there are fears that are going on that we sometimes don't join them together to know that if I'm worrying and there's so many different fears that you can certainly have I'm going to start to talk about three that can take place and with these three fears what you want to think about is when I worry do I see any of this happening and yes I know there are more and so you can be, certainly think about other types of fears that may be tying into your worry. But what we're trying to do is take that layer off and go a little bit deeper into worry and understanding the first fear is really doing it wrong. Or am I wrong for my perspective that I'm taking? Or you start thinking about there may, may be other ways I can do it. And certainly there may be but the fear of being wrong or doing something wrong at home or at work or you know how you're presenting yourself, you have to think about that. If that fear is going on because you're wanting to move away from fear, you know, and move more proactively into a greater sense of calmness and looking at things in a realistic way. And doesn't mean we can't make changes and shifts and how we're going about doing things. But you don't want to have fear as your driver of worry. So the second one is fear of loved ones and or sometimes others not respecting you or looking or getting upset with you. And so it's that fear of losing other people's love in some ways. And that may make you feel more upset because we all want to be appreciated, valued, and feel loved. And also, especially for the things that we're doing for others, we want some degree of recognition. But we have to realize sometimes recognition doesn't always have to come from externally of ourselves. The recognition can come internally with our a connection with our higher source and knowing that God gives recognition to the things we do. We're living life not for man, but we're living life for the glory of God. Keep that in mind and be aware of if this is getting in your way in terms of the fear of loved ones or others not respecting or not looking up to you or, or being upset with you in some ways. Because we don't like people to be upset with us as well. But we have to realize sometimes we have to allow people to be them as we're learning to be ourselves, knowing that we're not doing or saying things in a malicious way or in a harmful way. So the third one is fear of being personally or socially judged by other people. And a lot of people will say, and I've, I've talked about this before, of not liking being judged. And that was in episode 12 that I talked about the five types of judging that could take place. But usually these types of fears, usually in terms of being judged or in terms of feeling as people are not going to appreciate or love us or the fear of being wrong or not doing in the right way, uh, they fuel our worry and move us into weary, wearing us away uh, and worrying so much and draining us in some ways. And we wonder why by the end of the day that we're feeling drained. 
is because we're worrying at a conscious or unconscious level that worry is taking place and draining our energy. And we can know that it's having an impact upon us in terms of this weary worrying and, and maybe diffuse or it may be specific around things. We know it's happening because our body will tell us that in some ways. And so we have to be mindful of when we feel like increased heart rate or we're feeling um, that there is a sweating that's going on in, in some part of our body, in our hands or, or around our neck. or um, And so being aware that our adrenaline will start to rise too, because usually where there is fear, whatever type of fear, much research has shown this, and that fear, uh, fear equals fright, fright, freeze, or appease. And when we're having that going on, we can actually develop habits around fear. And so anytime we're fearful of something, we have this fight, fight, freeze, and appease take place within us, and we need to take a step back and just go a little bit deeper and just ask ourselves, what's up? What's going on here? Because we don't want to keep on this perpetual cycle of, of fear uh, or uncertainty. Of what we've been talking about is worry and weary worry, but that can turn into feeling more anxious. And that anxiety can feel like a boat on a turbulent sea going up, and going down, going sideways, blowing us in different directions. And that's not what our soul wants, and what nor what our soul needs. And what we want to be anchored in is God, the I am presence, your higher source. The soul is working on the quality of trust and in the form of faith or love a greater discernment to these things that are coming up in our worlds on a daily basis that we're having, when we're having a sense of worry, it's pushing us to be able to say, uh-oh, this is a warning sign. What's going on here? Because we don't realize these habit patterns of worry have gone on for much of our life. And so we have to unwind these worry patterns and start to be aware of the fact that we don't have to live in anxiety. We don't have to live in worry. And what we need to do is dive deeper into the worry warrior by these three factors. When they're coming up, we can identify them and then we can begin to work differently and start to challenge ourselves a little bit more about is this a situation that is important for me to have to be right on? I can be wrong. That is a degree of humility with that. Or if people are upset with us, just because they're upset with us for something that is true and honorable that we're doing, then we have to be aware of the fact that they have to, they have to do them and you have to do you. And you've got to stand on your values and your principles that are important to you. And so in that judging aspect, we will realize that we live in a society, and I've mentioned this before, people which they'll judge us. But where's our attention placed? Where's the soul's attention placed? Is it placed on something above us and higher to us? And we're anchored in that love and discernment and, and faith and knowing that we're doing our best and we surrender the rest in these particular situations. And so we have to find ways in which not to allow ourselves to be that on that 
rocky boat of the storm taking place and it's just pushing us in so many different directions that is creating more worry and more anxiety because there are some things we have little control of they're outside of ourselves and all things that we can put our attention to is things that we have control over and that we also need to be anchored in the fact that our soul has something greater so it's not just living the materialistic life externally to ourselves and being that boat and going on the surface and in the turbulent waters going up and down, but being anchored in something greater than ourselves, which is God, which is our I am presence, which is our creator, which is our higher self, and beginning to have conversations with our higher self and giving fiats of truth and comfort and being able to breathe in peace into our world and out breathing peace so that we will realize that fear is not going to take the advantage of us. That fear, I'm talking about fear right now, is because it's one of the components that helps to continue on the surface to have worry, weary worry, to continue to um, percolate or continue to to swarm like bees, that we have to be able to calm our mind, calm our heart, to realize, no, that's not my anger. Worry is usually anticipatory, and we're thinking about what has happened and what will happen in the future. And there's nothing bad about being prepared. But if it moves you into worry, that's when you have to be able to say, it's crossed the line. We want to be prepared and thinking about the future. We want to use the past in order to prepare for the present. And that's all well and good. But we do not want to feel as if worry is taking, taking advantage of our mental, emotional, and physical spaces within ourselves. The true realization is that fear, you're working on fear as having no space, no room, no frequency within you, because where God exists, which is the true essence of who you are, that um, soul is connected to God. And as I've talked about it before, your soul is the inheritor of God's kingdom. And in God's kingdom, there is no fear. There is no space for fear, for these momentums of energies and frequencies of feeling uncertain and unsure of yourself and not sure what you need to do and how you need to do it. That is not a part of God's kingdom. That is not a part of what we know about God. And it's as if you're trying to kind of put your attention to more of what is true. What do, is it that I do know about God? So doing research on your faith and what that looks like and doing inspirational reading or doing reading from the Bible or scriptures gives you more of understanding of God about who God really is. So do you remember the movie that came out in 2007 with Denzel Washington? It was called The Great Debaters. Probably some of you remember that, The Great Debaters. It's, it's a great movie to watch. But Denzel Washington played Melvin Tolson in the movie. And there's one scene, I'm not going to go through the movie itself, but I just want to go, there was one scene that was brilliant and impactful to this conversation we're having about reducing worry and understanding that fear has no space in God's kingdom. In this one scene, it, it, it was called, it was called, Who's the Judge? 
And then Melvin says, I thought was really powerful. And it was, who's the judge? The judge is God. Why is he God? Because he decides who wins and loses, not my opponent. And in this case, our opponent is worry, weary worry. And then Melvin asks, who is your opponent? He does not exist. Remember I said, in God's kingdom, worry and its frequencies do not exist. And then Melvin says again, why does he not exist? Because he is a mere descending voice of the truth I speak. So we want to speak the truth in situations. And this was the training that he was giving to students that he was training in debate and how to become the best debater. So that's why it's called Great Debaters. This conversation that was going back and forth is between Melvin and these four individuals that were in the movie, which were Samantha, Henry, James, and um, Hamilton were the names of the students that were in, in this movie. So it went really nicely in the flow. And so it went was, who's the judge? He, the judge um, is God. Why is he judge? Because he decides who wins and loses, not my opponent. Who is your opponent? He does not exist. Why does he not exist? Because he is a mere dissenting voice of truth I speak. So one of the things we want to be aware of the fact is, is that we, when we speak truth in our inner self of things that we know is true to what we know God's kingdom is and our path, our spiritual path is that it can calm us inside. It can calm us to allow us to know that God is my source and I want to always be in attunement with him. And so this energy, when it comes up as angst or fear or worry, I just know, mm, okay, I'm off the path. I want to get back on the path. And one of the ways that you can do that is through two tips I'll give you. One is CALM. It's a tip, an acronym. And that is you want to challenge the thought and have a conversation with God. That's the C. So you want to challenge the thoughts that you're having. Is this true? Is this right? Is this um, clearly, why am I thinking this way? Do I have enough information? So you want to be able to ask yourself those questions because sometimes we do not have the right information or we have to inquire more with our children or at work about what may be the impasse or maybe what we're perceiving may or may not be accurate or we just have to have conversations to take place. The next is the A, which is ask God what I need to do here. What is it that I have control over? And that does require that stillness. You always hear me talking about that stillness and being still, which is still to light and love and being in, in tune to that frequency so that you can be able to ask God and, and start to have a conversation with God about what's going on in your world and what is it that you're needing some greater guidance around. And, and more and more we do it, the more and more you hear God's voice and intuition in a more clear way. And you start being obedient and walking that path in a way that you can feel really good about and more strengthened inside of you. And then look for the Alice look. Uh, look for what you can do differently. And so you immediately, if you know you can do something better or do it differently or revamp something, why not? 
Life is for learning. Life is for growing. And then the M of calm is mindfully breathe. Breathe in and breathe out. Long, deep breaths, allowing that anxiousness or tension or worry that is built up, release it, let it go. Think of a mantra you want to say to yourself. Think of a mantra that you want to say for yourself. I'm letting this go. God is in control. Whatever that you want that to be in order to support and help you through your particular situation that you're finding yourself in. And the final tip, the, the second tip that I want to get to give to you is try to find a mantra that you find is soothing and helpful. It can be the one I just said, I just recently said, or it can be something that is exciting and rewarding or aspiring that you believe. It has to be a mantra that you believe that has some value to you. And when you can think of that mantra, it can be anything from, I always look for the truth. What is the truth here? Yeah, it can be your mantra. Or it can be, what's the best way of looking at this situation? And a mantra can be a statement or it can be a mantra that you say, I am I am harmony, I am peace, and I glorify God in all that I do. So however you want to look at that, you want to do something that occupies the mind that is positive, that is rewarding, that feels good, that allows that old habit of worry to to start to dissolve itself and move away from the worry and realizing it's an illusion. The things that we sometimes worry about, it's all in our head, as they say, because we've made it, we conjured it up in our head, and therefore we can lease it from ourselves as well. Something to have fun with. Don't fret. Each day it's a new opportunity to move forward and get in your mastery, in your self-mastery, and also for your soul to be on its path of realizing it's uniting back to its true source, its God source. And our daily living is an opportunity to give us certain experiences that allow us to grow and to continue to advance. Something to think about. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode on Mastering Life's Avengers, being your best self through soul evolution. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, I would be delighted if you would share this episode with others. Leave a thumbs up and subscribe to my Master in Life's Adventures podcast. Look forward to your joining the next episode. Please leave any comments or suggestions you might have below. Bye for now.